Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are going to be talking about single parents. You know, Paige, as a TSG mentor, that people, when they are single parents, they often wonder how they can make teaching self-government work for them when maybe their situation raising their children is not the ideal. It's not how they hoped it would be. Things have changed and they're a single parent. Well, that's okay. And there's ways that you can work through it. And we're going to be talking about those things today. But before we do, as is tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, let's share a fun family activity. What do you got for us today, Paige? Well, one thing I remember doing as a younger child is building houses out of popsicle sticks. So sometimes we had colored popsicle sticks. Sometimes it was just normal ones, but we would use the hot glue gun and popsicle sticks to make houses. And then we would play in them. Sometimes we'd grab like Lego people and play in our house. You know, it was really fun. It is super fun. And it's a creative thing to do. And there's some children that really thrive on those creative outlets, you know, building all those kinds of things. London always loved that. And then here now she's in virtual design, you know, and that's her degree in college. She's designing houses, doing blueprints and all the stuff for all that kind of stuff. And well, she used to love the Lincoln log the Lego, the, um, the building with sticks and things and forts and all the things that was something that she absolutely loved to do. And then you look at what has become of that today. It's kind of amazing, but even if you don't become a designer one day, it's just fun. It's just fun to do all those kinds of things. So get some popsicle sticks. I remember we bought some big boxes of popsicle sticks. I mean, they Mm -hmm. were huge. And to this day, I have to admit, I still have some of those. And so every time that I'm doing things with like children at church or whatever, I'm like, oh, you need popsicle sticks. I got you. Cause we bought like all these popsicle sticks. And even though you use tons of them to build a house, I'll tell you what, a box of a couple of thousand, they go for a while anyway. And so we just kept them on hand as crafts and craft supplies. And it was really, really a lot of fun. In fact, just this last Christmas time, me and London and her boyfriend and Porter, we all made popsicle stick houses too, which was really fun. So hot glue, like Paige said, works really, really good. You can also use wood glue um, or like craft glue, but it's going to be a lot harder for them to hold up. And it's a lot longer to dry. Yeah. It's going to take longer to dry. You have to dry all the sides and everything laying down and then try to put them together. Um, And then, you know, you might even have to tape things together, then pull off tape after glue dries. So hot glue is the best way, but I know some people worry about using hot glue with their little ones. So you'll have to (laughs) be right there with them, but it's super fun. Good activity. All right. Today we're looking at teaching self-government parenting or really just any parenting, you know, through the lens of self-government. So self-government is what we base everything on here. It's a principle that is broad in its application, which means it can be applied to almost every single situation that we have. It's based on the concept of choice, and it really does involve an understanding of how your choices are made. Paige, what is the definition of self-government? So the way that we define self-government is 
being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Yeah. So that you can control them. So you understand cause and effect, you understand yourself, and then you make the best choices. I know that acknowledging your choices in your problems and your successes isn't always popular. People (laughs) like to think that everything just happened to them nowadays, but really our choice is major. And so if you are into teaching your children that they have a choice, whether to be happy or sad, they have a choice, whether to be angry at another person or not, and how they behave is actually something they can choose, then you are in the right place because we are talking about how to help people make better choices. And specifically today, how to do that as a single parent. Paige, I know you and I have both worked with many single parents. We've seen people who are single parents using the teaching self-government system. And a lot of people at first are a little apprehensive. And they wonder, they wonder why and how come? So as a single parent, um, it can be very overwhelming. Just the whole idea of keeping everything in control and being consistent with things. Um, A lot of single parents see their situation as a crisis management situation, (laughs) Mm -hmm. pretty much on the daily. Mm -hmm. So um, for them, it can seem very overwhelming to try and implement a whole new system or a whole new way of living. And, um, you know, and that's totally understandable. I totally get that. Yeah. Well, you know, an overwhelm comes from, you know, lots of times just fatigue because the single parent does not usually have someone to spell them. Now, some do, some make good, good arrangements. They've got the parents helping out sometimes with some mm-hmm. childcare because they're doing something else. Or maybe they have a childcare worker or a nanny or, you know, a neighbor that helps or something. So sometimes they do arrange for other people to help them, you know, but still it's not the same as feeling that partnership with somebody when you're going through the day-to-day grind of all the things that you have to handle mentally. You feel like you've got it all on yourself and you don't have someone there to help you. And I have to say that even if you have a spouse that is not very helpful, because that happens to some people. Oh, it does. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's some people, they have a spouse, but the spouse isn't really helping any either. There's just something to be said for, but I have a partner in this. I have somebody who cares about what I'm doing, who also cares about the child. There's just, there's just something about that companionship that just lightens your load just a little bit and makes you feel like you can have a little bit more energy, but especially if that spouse is sharing some of the burden of training the children, correcting the children, working with the children, playing with the children. Cause yes, even playing with the children as fun as it is can be like, Ooh, it's, you know, it's like (laughs) one more thing to do when you're really tired and you don't have anybody else to take that over. You have to keep reinventing your energy. A good diet is very important, right? Yes. Trying to get some sleep and having a good, healthy vegetable packed (laughs) diet is going to be really good to give you the vitamins and things that you need to keep going. And of course, a little exercise, if you can fit it in there is like a good thing too. But, um, but really the, the parent at the end of the day, you know, they sometimes are ready to just go, okay, I, I am just done, you know, Mm -hmm. 
And then they start to lose it. And they even start to feel a little bit entitled that they should feel that way that it's like, yeah, but I'm so tired and there's so many of them and I'm outnumbered and I don't have support and that, and they don't get it. And all of a sudden the excuses come piling in. Right. And so then that single parent feels like, you know what, I can't do this because I'm alone. And if I had somebody else, then maybe I'd be able to do it. But here's the thing about self government. It's, it's about, about self. About self. <laughs> so I don't self govern because my husband self governs. In fact, there was a time for a couple of years when he totally, totally was not self governing. Mm-hmm. And I was praying that he would have a change of heart and not stop being so grumpy and controlling <laughs> and everything else. And that he would bond better with his children. And you know what happened? He did. He ended up taking my example and he ended up getting back to his skills and stuff that he wanted to abandon. Cause he was tired of doing them and tired mm-hmm. of talking. So, so even a parent that has a spouse who lives there and is still part, you know, part of the family and everything else that spouse could be like, you're on your own, honey. Like, I don't want to do that. You know? Yeah. No. And I know how that goes. Cause Joseph, my husband works two jobs. And so a lot of times he's home for hours before he has to go to bed. Right. And sometimes not even like, he'll be awake for 30 minutes. He's like, I got to go to bed. And so, you know, there are times where I feel like, okay, I'm alone in this, even though I know that I'm not. No. You're definitely not alone because he actually is off working Mm -hmm. the whole time, helping make money for all of the uh, bills and stuff. Right. right? (laughs) So he's doing something where the single parent oftentimes is doing all of it, doing all of it. (laughs) Yeah. Which is a whole other thing. And so, you know, we have to remember that, but the one thing about, um, lots of times guys are more practical then girls, this is a thing where they're like, well, my body is tired. So now I will sleep. And you're like, well, that's great for you. But like, (laughs) what about these other people? You know? So my husband is fantastic at looking out for himself. He also nurtures me and cares for me a bit too. And other people, but he's fantastic at caring about himself. Right. So (laughs) it's like, well, I want to do this. So I'm going to go do that. Or I, you know, well, I just, I want to eat that, or I want to do that, or I'm not feeling good, but I'm going to bed or what, yeah. but for me, I'm like, that does not work out for me because what about the child that's sitting here? <laughs> Who's going to take care of the child? Mm-hmm. I can't just like take time off. Right. So some parents, whether your spouse is in the home working with you or not can feel like a single parent. And that can happen. But the thing is, is we're talking here about self-government. And I had to decide when my husband was having those years of not being invested, I had to decide, you know what? I have to do this for me. I am doing all of this parenting stuff for me Mm -hmm. because I don't want to be a monster to my children. I don't want those to be the memories. I want to love this. I want it to be enjoyable and wonderful. And I want to know I can get through these problems and not have them beat me down. I'm going to do it for me. Yeah. And that makes all the difference. It does because you're putting yourself, you're giving yourself a perspective of, 
you know, it's not, oh, woe is me, you know, I'm working so hard, but you know, I actually want to make this worthwhile for me. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard, but if I choose to focus on this aspect of it, instead of, oh, it's so hard aspect, then I'll be able to do it. I'll be able to overcome mental blocks and it'll be so much more rewarding and fulfilling for me and my children. Yeah. Well, cause if you think about it, if you're focusing always on the hard part, then you're always focusing on the past mm-hmm. and focusing on the past does not help you in the future. You have to focus going forward. So I was just talking the other day with a group of my teaching self-government mentors. And one of them said, I love the analogy. Uh, it's in the Bible saying like, you've got to focus forward. If you're plowing a field, you can't focus backward. You've got to right. plow forward. Mm-hmm. Right. And so as a parent, no matter if you're a single parent legitimately, or you just feel like one or <laughs> somebody is helping you all the time, doesn't matter. You still have to plow forward. You can't be constantly focusing on what happens behind. Like, Oh, I didn't get enough sleep or the child just had this problem or that's all in the past. You want to spend your time there. You're going to get overwhelmed every day. Yeah. I think it's important to know though, that you can reference the past. Cause I mean, if we're using oh, a plowing yeah. analogy, you know, you're plowing right next to the, the furrow that you just made, you know, yes, sure. it's in the past, but you can reference it to make your next line straighter or to make it better. For sure. For sure. And you have to go deep enough and you still have to take each step, right? Yeah. So there's a whole lot of things that we could talk about with plowing a field. I mean, that's actually a loaded <laughs> analogy. analogy. Yeah. yeah. And I love actually that perspective of going next to the road that's right next door and keeping it parallel and straight and, you know, referencing the past. That's actually really insightful. I like that. Anyway. So yes, yeah, so that's a loaded analogy. Ponder on that for a little bit. Will <laughs> um, but when we're talking about parenting, we don't want to get caught in making excuses. Okay. So at the end of the day, it can be harder when you don't have somebody to talk to about your parenting as regularly. Um, it also can be harder to maintain your energy when you don't have somebody else helping you out and doing a sharing a share load. Those things can all be very difficult, but the lessons that the children need are the same. The skills that they need are the same. The skills that you use with the teaching self-government system are the same. The Mm -hmm. meetings are the same. And almost doubly as important. Yeah, really. That's true. Um, But the difference is that you have to make sure that you don't make excuses. So if you're making excuses, because if you're like, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not what I want. It's not the perfect picture that I want. It's not how I envisioned this parenting thing happening. Okay. Things have changed. If it's not, so I can't, so I can't, so I can't. If you make that excuse for yourself, then you won't and you can't. Yeah. It's important to recognize that plans change. And mm-hmm. so even if, you know, maybe your spouse is temporarily out of the picture or permanently out of the picture, you know, it's, it's important to go, well, this wasn't how I at first envisioned it going, but let's look at what we have to work with now and make a plan for how it's going to work with what I have. now. Yeah, we have to, it's called being adaptable, mm-hmm. you know, and it's an important skill to try to develop adaptability. It's a characteristic of a, a really capable person who can move forward. And so trying to help your children adapt 
trying for you to adapt to. That's going to be important. Now, here's another dynamic, the single parents face, and it is something I have slightly faced. And so I want to just, you know, say, I understand here. So single parents, especially if you truly are, if it's like a divorce situation or whatever, and there's custody that's shared with the children, this can be very difficult because what happens is you've got one parent possibly undermining everything that you are doing when your children go to visit intentionally or unintentionally. Exactly. And so here you are trying to have certain rules and standards and things, and then they go there and it's like a free for all. Mm -hmm. That is so hard because then your children come back and you feel like you have to reprogram them. Now I have to say that this can happen even when you're not a single parent, because if you've been through a divorce before, even if you're remarried, you could be dealing with this situation, right? right? So this is a hard thing for parents to deal with. Now I can relate a little bit because when I did treatment foster care, the youth would come to my home. And then after a little bit, after they started to stabilize pretty good and we, we were doing good on their treatment, then what would happen is they would get the opportunity to go for home visits and see if they could reunify with family members. Right. So they would go to these home visits oh, and these family members, sometimes they would just ruin the children. And it was really sad, you know, um, because they would bring in all these different things. Some of them were doing drugs and stuff and they'd be giving them cigarettes and they'd be giving them. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? And so then they would come back to my house and we would have to start all over or they would go home and they would get this new bout of depression because that's what that other family member brings to them is mm -hmm. depression. And then they come back all depressed. And so then I have to help them pull themselves out of it, get back focused on what things they can control, get people motivated, making goals. And then what next week or two weeks later, it's going to be the same thing again. So it's like, then we have to take days to recover. And this is very difficult. And again, you have to adapt. It requires perseverance and focus. We have to keep looking ahead, even though it seems like somebody's pulling us down and pulling our child down mm -hmm. again. And again, we have to keep focusing forward. It does not help to get reactive, to get mad at the other parent, to, you know, take it personally, to decide that you can't handle it, or you're too worn out for it or whatever excuse you want to come up with. It does not help. The only thing that helps is to pull up your bootstraps and say, let's go. Yep. Let's just do this. Let's just jump in the mud. Let's wade through this and let's get out the other side and get back on track. And that's what I had to do every single time. It was draining, uh, <laughs> frustrating. So I get it. Um, and it can be really difficult. I know that I have people that are pretty close to me who have had divorce situations and are sharing custody with children. And they will say the same thing. They're like, ah, my child comes back and it's like, he's ruined. And then I got to start all over again. And, and I'm like, yeah, it's true. So one thing that I did with my foster children and that I try to encourage people to do when they're having custody issues is to pre-teach the children ahead of time for say, you know, things are going to be different there, but let's talk about why we do it different here. 
mm-hmm. and you know, Give let's them a vision for why they're why they might want to hold on to it, even when they're there, whatever those values are. And so that they can, instead of just learning to adapt to a situation, they can decide what type of person they want to be and help them make those types of decisions. And I think that that actually is really empowering and they might start to do brave things when they go visit to the, the other parent and say, and they'll start to analyze too. They'll be like, Oh, this is, this is not what happens at home. Oh, this is what it's actually doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. That is a good insight for sure. So things are often easier when you have a spouse, you know, and, but then again, sometimes they're also not, especially (laughs) if your spouse is out of control. Some people with an out of control spouse might say, you know, I'd kind of like it if they just weren't around, it might be easier, (laughs) you know? I mean, of course it's not, it has its own other problems, but right. um, Well, and I think it's like, you know, when you are lacking a spouse or when that spouse isn't in the picture or when they are and they're mucking things up, then, um, it's, it's really important to focus on the relationships that you do have with your children and, um, to make sure that those are strong and focus on the relationship that you have, uh, with yourself as well, because sometimes that can be damaged. And so you have to say, okay, well, we got to get over this negative thinking, or there's certain things about myself that need to be changed. And that's really what self-government is, right? So you've got to be able to focus on those relationships. And one way that we recommend doing that is by having those meetings that we mentioned and that we mentioned all the time. And so we have three different meetings and, you know, as a single parent, this may or may not, one of them may or may not apply. (laughs) And that is the couple's meeting. Um, So if your spouse is in the picture, it is important to have that meeting to try and get them on the same page um, and to have that time to connect with them and to focus on your relationship with them. However, you know, that might not always be a possibility, but um, if you are working with someone, say a mentor or uh, a close friend who's kind of in the loop on your situation um, and they're an integral part of your family economy, then it could be nice to have, you know, like a quote unquote couples meeting with them, especially if they're helping you out a lot, then they can be on the same page and they can know what you're doing. Um, Another meeting is our family meeting. So that's where you talk about your family economy with your children and you focus on, okay, so what's going on in the schedule? Okay, we got that done. Okay, let's talk about different things that might need to change in the household and um, might need to either go away or, hey, we need to talk about this and set up a specific consequence for this. So that's what the family meeting is for. And then, um, especially in a single parent situation, those mentor sessions, mentor meetings are going to be huge because that's where you really focus on your relationship with your children, where you have one-on-one time with them, talk about their goals, talk about their dreams, talk about what's happening in their life and uh, give them a vision for how they can be a more integral part of the family and what they want to achieve for themselves um, and how you can be an integral part in helping them achieve that. And so that's something that I share with a lot of people and something that we teach uh, to help really bring people together and to help your children and you be successful. 
Yeah, those meetings are enormous and they really do great things for the relationships. You know, one relationship we didn't mention is our relationship with God. So, mm. and and we have to bring him into it because lots of times when people have their couples meetings and they are single parents, they're basically having a solo meeting, okay? They're sitting there by themselves, but you can bring God into it. You can pray and you can talk to God about the children because they're his too, right? And so you can have that type of a counsel or like Paige said, with a friend, a trusted friend, super good, or with a mentor, somebody who understands what you are doing in your family, who mm -hmm. understands those skills or who wants to understand those skills so that you can teach them so that they can help you have perspective and bring things back to your remembrance that you know in a hard moment so that you can make right. sure that you have the person to jog your memory if you happen <laughs> to need it, you know, but those, those family meetings and those individual mentor meetings, these are times where the family makes these goals. They make legislation or rules and they make goals. And this actually gets the children governing themselves more and taking more ownership over things that are happening in the family. And so when you have your children understanding the whole system of parenting, you've pre-taught all the skills you're going to use, how to follow instructions, accept no answers and criticism, accept consequences, disagree appropriately, pre-teaching, praising, correcting, intensive teaching, parent counseling sessions, they and all the meetings, and they know how to do these things and go through the problem-solving exercises with the sodas activities that we do to help develop the prefrontal cortex. They are investing in problem solving in your family mm -hmm. and in their own behavior. And you know what happens? They change. They become more mature and then they are easier to work with. So if you want your children to be easier to work with as a single parent or a parent who feels single, then you need to make sure you teach the children and help them get invested and show them they have a say in some of the things that are going on. Yeah. And then one of our other big things that we need to focus on is our own self-government. So we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but we cannot hit this enough. So as you are working on parenting your children and you are trying to help them be easier to parent, the best thing you can do is develop your own skills. And yeah. learn how to see the situations around you with a different lens. Well, I mean, it's like Gandhi says, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. Right. So you can't really make a difference unless you are already trying to implement what you're trying to change in your own life. Yeah. So if you're listening to these podcasts and you're going, okay, I'm really hoping to get her whole program from these podcasts. It's not going to happen. You're not no. because, because <laughs> we're taking one target issue at a these time. These are just tidbits. Yeah. So what you would need to do is really go and take the course or the three-day training at the very least read the book, Parenting a House United, because that is going to give you a lot of those nuts and bolts that you're going to need to put all this into practice. So there are places that you can get training and you know how you're trained best. And if you need someone to talk to, you also can talk to a mentor here at teaching self-government. So that's another big thing is if you feel like you just need someone to bounce ideas off of maybe every couple of weeks or once a week for a little while, just as you're getting going. The cool thing is the teaching self-government parenting course, you get four mentor calls with a mentor 
and some other parents so that you can have a place to discuss. You also get support groups where you can ask me questions every week. And then if you want to keep going after that, you can also schedule more mentor meetings with somebody. So truly it is a, there is, there are people out there who know this system, who know these skills, who can help you learn them. Even if you feel like, I don't know if I can do it. I'm all alone. For sure. Because you absolutely can. No, I actually have been mentoring a single parent and they have been talking to me. They're like, okay, what do I do next? You know, my spouse isn't in the picture, um, but I want to make a family vision. I want to help my child, you know, figure out what to do. My child is super strong-willed. And, you know, as a single parent, that can be really hard when you know you've got strong-willed children. But it's been really awesome to see this parent know, progress and implement skills bit by bit as they gain more information. And it's been really awesome to mentor them. Mm -hmm. I love that. I had a meeting the other day to a mentor meeting with someone who never had children of their own and all of a sudden is raising somebody else's child. And this child was very difficult. And they were like, I don't even know if I can do this. What do I do? (laughs) And they're trying to employ everything possible, all the therapies and all the different things. And we had this really great talk about what it means to be a parent and what this child really needs developmentally and everything. And all of a sudden this parent was like, you're right. You know, she's, she's a brand new parent and she's got like a teenager and it's like, ah, how do I do this? And and a troubled one at that. And, and all of a sudden she's, she's going to just jump in and do this as a single woman. And she can because she's decided that she's going to put her whole heart into it. And I think that's the biggest thing. You put your heart into it, your whole heart. And you know what? You're not going to be perfect. Nobody is. Okay. You don't know what you don't know, but keep learning, keep learning so that you can know more. That's the biggest thing. Keep asking people questions and, and having some meetings with some people and keep focusing on those skills and not making excuses. Because self-government is about you for you and self-government is about the child for the child. And in the end, when everybody's self-governing, it becomes about the whole family creating this, this family connection that truly is magical and wonderful. It has been so wonderful to have this meeting with everybody about single parenting, or maybe you're not even a single parent, but it feels like <laughs> it. And what you can do to make TSG stronger at your house. Don't forget to go to teachingselfgovernment.com to find any other helps or resources that you might need to help you along your self-government journey. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.